Worship in the World is a screen-free worship experience brought to you by Downtown Church. Downtown Church is a community of unfinished people based in Columbia, South Carolina. We believe in asking honest questions while we strive to follow Christ within our own communities, loving people wherever they find themselves on their faith journey. Thank you for being with us today. Outside your door, I just can't fight this anymore. Love is love, it takes a hold, it'll change your life, make you lose control. You can't explain the things it does, but said I was a saint. I never said I'd be your savior. Never say I didn't try to fight against my human nature. Let the past and the future fall away. I will worship these wounds every day. Yeah, the cuts that bleed from my mistakes couldn't keep my heart from giving away.
Let us pray. Loving, kind, great God, we thank you for another opportunity to praise your holy name. We gather together in unison to lift up our voices to you, to open our hearts to you, to sing praises to you, to turn over whatever worldly burdens we have to you. Now be with us in this worship service as we glorify you in all things. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let us stand and sing together, please. Now it's time for our prayer of admission, which you can find inside of your handout. In a moment, we will say the prayer of admission together. Family, we serve a risen God. We serve a risen Christ. Thanks be to God for that. We're thankful that we are covered in the blood of Jesus, and that when we confess with our mouth and believe in our hearts that Jesus is our Savior, we are saved. There is salvation for us. We don't always do right, but God is always good, and for that we are thankful. The prayer of admission can be found in our program. Let us say it together this morning. God, you created the heavens and the earth and declared it good. You created us as good. We confess that we take all you have created for granted. We use and abuse our bodies, our relationships, our lands and waters. Forgive us, we pray.
Glory be to the Father. Glory be to the Son. Glory be to the Spirit. Three in one. As it Today we continue in a sermon series called, What Do We Believe? And it's laid out for you on the back of your program. You can take a look at where we've been, where we're going. I've really enjoyed it and I've heard from some of you that you have as well. Each week we open up a new question of our faith. And this week, the question is, who is God? And I'm gonna narrow that down a little bit more because as you can imagine, that's a big topic. To who is God our creator? To address that question, we look to scripture, God's holy word, specifically Psalm 104, which is entitled in my Bible, God the creator and provider. Listen now for God's word. Bless the Lord, O my soul. O Lord, my God, you are very great. You are clothed with honor and majesty, wrapped in light as with a garment. You stretch out the heavens like a tent. You set the beams of your chambers on the waters. You make the clouds your chariot. You ride on the wings of the wind. You make the winds your messengers, fire and flames your ministers. You set the earth on its foundation so that it shall never be shaken. And you cover it with the deep as with a garment. The waters stood above the mountains and at your rebuke they flee. At the sound of your thunder they take to flight. They rose up to the mountains, ran down to the valleys, to the place you appointed them. You set a boundary that they may not pass so that they might not again cover the earth. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. There's a musical on Broadway in New York City right now called And Juliet, Ampersand Juliet. And the premise is that William Shakespeare's wife, Anne Hathaway, not the actress, the historical character, Anne Hathaway, she takes Shakespeare's quill and she rewrites the ending to Romeo and Juliet. In her version, When Juliet arises from the sleeping potion and she sees Romeo dead beside her, she doesn't kill herself, no. 
In this version, there is life after Romeo. It's a comedy, it's super playful, and I particularly enjoyed the interaction between these writers, Anne Hathaway and William Shakespeare. She wants him to be a little less dark. She wants one chapter more of the story that is a little more hopeful, and he is committed to his brand, romantic tragedies. People expect that from him. What the play does for us is open up the possibility when a creator allows someone else to borrow the quill. When this happens, there's opportunity for change, for a different ending. There's room for another creator's vision, words, actions. God does this too. God is the author of creation and God chooses to share the quill with us. We see evidence of God's creation everywhere we look. And we see it in this Psalm. God stretches out the heavens like a tent. God set the beams of his chambers on the waters. God creates what we see as our home and the universe beyond. And God's creation is God's own self-expression. It's from God's creation that we learn who God is. God is wrapped in light as a garment. God rides on the wind. God commands the water to flee and they do. God sets a boundary so that the water cannot take over the land. It's from God's creation that we learn God is light. God moves with the wind. God has command over the elements. God creates every element in nature and these elements, they are visible expressions of who God is. And yet the elements themselves are not God. God creates and then stands apart from creation. God still has control over creation. And this is important because anytime we borrow God's quill, we have to remember that we are not God. We do not assert the same control over creation. We ourselves are creations too. Genesis 1 says that God created us humans in the image of God, which means that we are a self-expression of God. It means that we can see God in each other. We can learn about God through each other, but we are not God. Just as the waters flee at God's rebuke, we too are subject to the author of creation. We too are second to God. I asked Lincoln's permission before sharing this story. As a preacher, that's important to note. Last Sunday, we were driving to church in the evening. We were coming for dinner for the Remember That Baptism event that Lucas put on, and it was raining outside. It was kind of nasty. And Lincoln, from the back seat, says... It really shouldn't be raining. Like it's okay if it rains in the morning or during nap time, but it really shouldn't be raining right now. And I couldn't control my tongue. I said, we can't control the rain, bud. And I thought that we were headed right into like a battle of the wills, you know? where I was gonna have to uh, describe this invisible, mysterious God, the creator in concrete ways to a newly five-year-old. 
But it turns out he was miles ahead of me. He said, I know, only God controls the rain. Plus, he said, plants need the rain. I said, that's right, buddy. We can throw on a rain jacket and deal. And he said, oh, but the plants, they don't even need a rain jacket. And that was it, end scene, move on to the next topic. It seems so rudimentary to say we cannot control the rain. And yet, how many of us want to? Like four of us, come on. How many of us want to? How many of us try to, right? How many of us are eager to borrow God's quill so that we can rewrite our experience to be better? In fact, isn't that what God wants us to do when God offers us the quill? God wants us to create a better experience, to use our words and our actions to create a better world. But how hard is it for us to create a world in which we can take into account what is good for everyone or everything? It's near impossible for us to create without centering our own needs and wants. It's hard for us to move beyond wishing the rain away because it cancels a soccer game or it, gets, it was hard for us to get up and get out of bed and go somewhere. We are quick to forget the farmer or the plant depending on the rain. God wants us to care about what is beneath our feet. God wants us to care about the human whose needs are gonna differ from ours. God wants us to be co-creators with God, co-authoring a world where we express the goodness of God with the quill. And it's pretty cool that we all have capacity to create. Like this week when I took my blue pen on my dotted paper and I let the words that I was reading and thinking about spill out on the page, I'm in awe at our human capacity to create. I'm in awe of the ways that we can communicate with one another. It is self-expression to write something down. It is self-expression that allows us for others to see on the outside what is on the inside. It's self-expression that allows us to see who God is in creation and then to respond to it, to dialogue with it, to commune with the divine. Historically, the Reformed Church, which is what we are, historically, the Reformed Church has not always been cool with self-expression as art. One of our forefathers in the faith, John Calvin, he went so far as to remove art from the worship experience. Can y'all experience that? Can you, can you imagine that? Downtown church worship experience without any musical instruments, without any art on the front of the program, only words and silence and maybe some occasional chanting of psalms. John Calvin did this on purpose in response to what he saw as a sin that can occur sometimes when people create art. He saw that when people created icons or art, our tendency was to begin to worship that icon or art instead of God himself. And this is, this is human nature, right? Because God is invisible and mysterious, 
It's easier for us to worship what is visible and concrete before us. So John Calvin thought by removing expressions of art from the worship experience, it would better focus us on the true God. And yet, when we did that as a church, we missed something. We missed the creations of humans that point us to God. We missed the invitation from God to borrow the quill where Calvin only allowed for the quill to write and speak words, we know that God, it, God gave us the quill to doodle and to color as well. God desires to share the quill with us. God desires for us to co-create and learn from each other. God desires for our human creations to dialogue with God's creation. And so God gave us free will. Free will, meaning that we can make decisions that impact the kingdom and we can do it for good or we can do it for ill. God gave us brains, bright brains to dream up communities and projects and art. God desires us to learn about God and ourselves and each other through the process of creation. It's why God, our creator, shares the quill. I've talked about art in the forms we would expect, but there are so many mediums. Like, did you all know there's art in business? There's art in spreadsheets. There is art in where you sit in a meeting. There's art in relationship, in an incredible capacity for art in the words we use with each other, our body language, our willingness to see each other. It's all art. It's all self-expression. And it matters what we do with God's quill. God's first action, the one we know about is creating. We read in the first words of our holy scripture that God created the light and the darkness. God created the waters and the land. God created the plants and the animals and the humans. And then I love where we end our reading of the Psalm. God creates a boundary. God creates a boundary so that water cannot consume the land. And God creates boundaries in creation all around us. And they're permeable boundaries, right? Because the tectonic plates shift with energy, the shore of the ocean changes. And in life and death, the boundary of our skin is second only to our breath. God creates boundaries, and so we do too. Boundaries for our health and our growth. Boundaries to draw our eye to a focal point. Boundaries so that we are not just creators creating for the sake of creating. No, we are intentional. We try as best as humanly possible to let our creations be for the good of God's kingdom. It gets to the responsibility of sharing God's quill. We have to be responsible for what we create. And so as we create, may we do so with the author of creation. May we listen for God's desire and let it rise above our own. May we do good with the borrowed quill. Thanks be to God. Stubborn and so restless from the stars 
loving, magnificent, almighty creator, we come before you right now thanking you for the quill that you have given to all of us. Thanking you, creator, for creating us and planting that seed of creation within each and every one of us, a seed that will manifest in different ways, but whatever is brought to the surface is to your glory, we pray. We thank you, holy God, that we have the power to live by design more than by default. We thank you that we do not have to control everything and that we can turn it over to you. And though you give us the power to create, we are still guided by your will. We pray for all people who feel a sense of control and ask that we will let go and let God. Let us sit with you and seek you and surrender to your will as we go about creating whatever it is that gives you the glory. And as we do that, let us do it with an inclusive heart, inclusive mind, and an inclusive lens and recognize that different expectations and different needs and different interests and different concerns and different desires can all coexist in the same place if we all recognize who has the power of the quill. We thank you, Father God, for the rebel heart and for those of us with that rebel heart who have resisted and denied and even delayed being the creator. Listening to that voice inside of us telling us what we are not, remind us what we are. We are your children. We have been endowed with the power to create. Let us go forth and create what brings you glory and honor and praise. And let your light shine through us so that all people know the power of God, the love of Jesus, as we pray the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray right now together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Let us stand, please. Our affirmation of faith you will find in the program. This comes from 1983. The Presbyterian Church was formed. You can read that part yourself. The second paragraph we will read together. We're going to read it slowly. Our affirmation of faith. What do we believe, family? We trust in God, whom Jesus called Abba, Father. In sovereign love, God created the world good and makes everyone equally in God's image, male and female, of every race and people, to live as one community. But we rebel against God. We hide from our Creator, ignoring God's commandments. We violate the image of God and others and ourselves, accept lies as truth, exploit neighbor and nature, and threaten death to the planet entrusted to our care. We deserve God's condemnation. Yet God acts with justice and mercy to redeem creation. In everlasting love, the God of Abraham and Sarah chose a covenant people to bless all families of the earth. Hearing their cry, God delivered the children of Israel from the house of bondage, loving us still. God makes us heirs with Christ of the covenant. Like a mother who will not forsake her nursing child, like a father who runs to welcome the prodigal home, God is faithful still. Let us sing together.
invites us to co-create, to borrow the quill and effect positive change for God's kingdom. So as we go from this place, may the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the interruption of that Holy Spirit, may it be with you and with all those you love and with all those nobody loves. Go in God's peace. Amen. If you feel compelled to support the church financially, you can give a secure gift online at downtownchurch.me forward slash give.